afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we talk uh, and look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Marty, pastor of the Grace Adventist Centre and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm joined by Pastor Gary. Gary, hey, it's good to be back together again. Uh, it is fantastic to be in a studio with you, and it's uh, good to be sitting on this side of the desk and uh, to be leaving the hard work to you. Oh, good on you, Gary. You're a true mentor, true mentor. You throw us young guys into the deep end, and um, and hopefully we will swim and we will actually do an okay job. If they all do as well as what you're doing, Marty, then oh. uh, I'm sure we can. Uh, uh, we've got good hope in the future. <laughs> I'll pay you later. That sounds great. Hey, um, I just wanted to do a little promo. I just wanted to do a little promo we have um, a Creation Ministries International Speaker coming to Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church next Saturday. That would be the 3rd of June at 11 o'clock. So you don't want to miss it. Dr. Taz Walker from Creation Ministries International, an international speaker, writer, and geologist. Come and hear the good news that the biblical account of origins is not only historical accurate, historically accurate, but it also makes better sense of the evidence. And so come along and hear Dr. Taz Walker at the Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church on Saturday the 3rd of June at 11 a.m. And... Uh, you can just Google where that is. It's Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's 45 Snows Road, Sterling. It's a beautiful little church. Uh, there'll be lunch afterwards, I'm sure. Um, if you if you come along, bring a friend, you'll have a fantastic time. That's a fantastic program. Can I just say uh, there, Marty, I mean, I uh, t- to me, any time you can actually uh, get an opportunity to hear one of these creation ministry speakers, I would certainly take uh, that opportunity. And uh, uh, Taz Walker is a, uh, is a great speaker, and uh, they are so uh, well, they're both committed and they're so well trained in the whole area of uh, uh, of the of origins and uh, look I, I'd encourage anyone who can possibly get along to go to that particular uh, church on uh, that uh, that Saturday Saturday morning so that's not this Saturday but the one after that's correct yeah I, I agree Pastor Gary whenever we've had um, creation ministry speakers I've always been so impressed with their yeah, with yeah. the breadth of knowledge their understanding of um, science and how they are actually able to, I suppose, answer a lot of the common objections to the Christian faith. And, um, yeah, very compelling. You don't want to miss it. 3rd of June, Saturday, 11 o'clock at Sterling's Seventh-day Adventist Church. Hey, so this week, uh, Pastor Gary, we're looking at how good was God when he created hell. And um, I'm interested why you actually chose this particular topic for this week for drive time. Yeah. Oh, look, um, uh, this is, this is a subject. I'm actually going to deal with that question when I'm, when I'm actually doing the, the Bible study because it's a really good, uh, question. It's a really important question. There's a very good reason, uh, why, uh, certainly I did select, uh, this particular series for, uh, uh, for this week. And, uh, if I can, if I can just put it off though, uh, until, uh, I just, uh, are sharing in the Bible study, I'd love Absolutely. to be able to do that. Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, sounds good, Pastor Gary. We'll look forward to that. 
Hey, for our World Watch segment, I want to read to you something that's quite interesting. This is an article that's called Christians Who Have Changed Their Faith Tradition Have Higher Levels of Scripture Engagement. And um, let me just read to you from this this uh, this study that was done or this survey that was done. Christians who have changed their Christian faith tradition have higher levels of scripture engagement than those who do not, according to a new study by the American Bible Study. Those who changed their faith tradition, such as from Catholic to mainline Protestant, were more likely to believe that the Bible, quote, the Bible is totally accurate in all of the pictures it presents. Then, comparing that with those who have stayed with the same faith tradition. So, curiosity about the Bible was also higher among those who converted than those who remained in the same denomination. The study also found that more Christians who changed denominations said their faith was very important than those who have stayed in the same denomination. Faith is active. This is a quote from the um, from the American Bible Study Chief Ministry uh, Inside Officer John Farquhar Pluck. He says, "Faith is active. Our research suggests that when people seek God, they find Him. Part of finding God is developing a life giving engagement with Scripture. We found that on average, Americans who engage in a spiritual quest." who grapple with their faith, become spiritually healthier and more Bible-engaged. This can be seen in a detectable and consistent improvement among people who changed Christian faith tradition. So, mm. so Gary, it raises the, this important question that um, how important is it for us to actually grapple with our faith because here it's saying that if you've actually gone through that, obviously, um, you know, you've gone through a, a faith stretching, a faith challenging experience mm. where you've changed from one faith tradition to another, obvious, and, and, and you've come out the other side actually stronger spiritually as a result. Yeah. How important is it to grapple with our faith? Yeah, look, I, I think this is this question is really important, really key. It's heart and core of so much uh, that, uh, uh, to me, can build uh, our our spiritual lives. Uh, you know, to me, I, I would go so far as to say that if a person has never grappled with their faith, uh, they actually don't have a very strong faith. Do you know one of the things that uh, I'm I'm conscious of is you know I mean I've I've had the privilege of working as a uh, as a as a uh, Seventh Day Adventist uh, Christian pastor now for um, pushing pushing forty forty years and uh, if I had my time over again I think I'd do it all over again because I have really uh, had so many opportunities and really enjoyed so much uh, of that uh, of that role uh, but you know one of the things that I'm just so conscious about is that through Throughout that period of time, uh, I have uh, consistently had to grapple with my own faith. And, and, you know, sometimes people, you know, throw questions at me uh, today that um, even today I've got to say, hey, I don't know. I don't have a complete answer to that question. There are issues in the Word of God that I wish I could have 
a perfect answer to. Now, I do believe that I've got a, an understanding of Scripture that, that to me makes sense to me yeah. uh, when you put together yeah. uh, the uh, the understanding of scripture uh, to me uh, it ac- I've had people say to me uh, and these are people who are coming who are new to Christianity they've simply said to me hey what you're saying makes sense and to me it's always a wonderful gauge when I can have a young person or a person who is new to faith turn around to me and say hey Pastor Gary that what you're saying makes sense. To me, yeah. that's the best gauge. In fact, uh, just uh, uh, the other day, I actually uh, I, I preached a, a sermon at, at my church, and afterwards uh, I actually had a, a young lady in her early 20s. She came up to me and she said, thank you for that. Um, that makes sense, you know. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it's when I'll actually engage a lot of my, my preaching according to, uh, okay, uh, not do I get a lot of affirmation, uh, but rather uh, does it actually make sense to people who may may not know the entire story. And uh, this, yeah. this issue of grappling with your faith, to me, I believe is absolutely core. I believe we must grapple with our faith uh, because I, I, I don't mind admitting that I don't have it all together. Yeah, this is this is key, and I think when we look at scripture, Pastor Gary, there's is a clear indication that Christians are to continue growing. Yes. If we're not growing, if we're not expanding, you know, the Bible talks about add to your faith knowledge and add to your knowledge, etc. you know, yeah. build your faith. Um, yeah. This whole idea of abiding Christ so that we will bear fruit, so that we will grow. There's, there's no such thing as a stagnant Christian experience. I'm either, I'm either moving forward or I'm going backwards. Exactly. Exactly. I'm either, yeah, I, there's there's no sort of like oh I just stay where I'm at, um, because yeah that that's that's not what the bi- biblical model. When I turn around and suggests. say, look, um, you know, um, you know, I've I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, to me, I personally believe that's a very dangerous spot to uh, to be. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, you know we talk about. Uh, you know, I mean, Paul in Second uh, uh, Timothy says he's talking to Timothy from childhood. You've known the holy scriptures; they're able to make you wise for salvation. Uh, you know, it, it, it's something that the Word of God, uh, you know, they're able to make them make it wise to salvation, and I so much appreciate that. The problem is, there's a little bit of a, I suppose, a disconnect here because I don't understand everything that's in the Word of God. But you know, one of the principles that um, uh, that I have I have come to to recognize is very important. If there's something in the Word of God that I don't understand, where does the problem lie? Do you know, Marty? I would suggest to you, if there's a problem in the Word of God that I am I'm recognizing that I'm struggling with, the conclusion that I automatically come to is the problem is with me. The problem is not with the Word of God. The problem is with my understanding. Uh, you know, now there are still right. there are still things that I struggle with. I, I I say I wish I could get into. I wish I could fully understand that uh, that issue. Um, and you know, the more the more 
more I study, I mean, today we're going to look at this issue of uh, of of hell, and of course, one of the the real challenges with the issue of hell is that you get uh, verses of scripture, and I'm going to show them uh, to you uh, that talk about you know those who uh, when Christ uh, comes again, that what we're going to find is that the eternal um, uh, uh, place uh, for those who have not accepted Jesus Christ uh, is actually going to be destruction. There's numerous verses that say that. And yet there are yeah, others yeah. that appear to say right. that you're going to have a fire that's going to go. Now, you know, in my mind, certainly as an early believer, how can you have both? How can I actually have one thing being true and the, something else be, being diametrically opposed mm, to it? Mm, mm. Uh, and, you know, it's only as I get into the Word of God that I start to, it starts to make sense. Mm. But, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time and it takes some Opportunity to be able to sometimes uh, sitting down and uh, uh, and um, talking to people who have studied the Word of God. Sometimes it means reading. You know, myself, I'm actually trying to dedicate myself to spending uh, some time every day in reading uh, what I would call spiritually rich material. And I'm yeah. talking reading. Yeah. I'm not talking off the uh, off the internet. I'm That's not right. talking off an electronic device. Actually, opening a book and sitting down and reading a spiritually rich material and you know it's that that enables it, it, it challenges my, my my thinking uh, but it also allows me to grow absolutely and we need that yes you know we need that we need a certain amount of of stress you know in order to grow you know pastor gary i used to grow a lot of pumpkins when i was back over in new south wales and i remember talking to you know a bit of an expert pumpkin grower and he said the plants actually need a little bit of stress they need some stress sometimes to flower and to you know to to do those things sometimes if the plant is completely comfortable it actually won't perform as well as if it actually has a little bit of stress. So that's why my because I've planted pumpkins as well, and my pumpkins never give me pumpkins. <laughs> You're looking after them too well, you know. And and the reality is, it's as it is in in that realm. It's it's the same with our spiritual realm. Yeah. Unless there is some challenge to my faith, unless there is something that brings me to my knees and that yeah. causes me to go, what is the answer for this? I need to search for it in the Word of God. That's going to produce. Growth in uh, in in my Christian experience, and and I think I think this is something that we should all um, we should all be aiming for. You know, the mm-hmm. apostle says, "Let us go on to perfection," or in other words, to completeness. Yeah. Let's keep growing. Let's not just dabble with the milk. Yes. Let's get into the solid food of the Word of God. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of Christians, if I you know, if I can use this expression, Gary, who have become milk drunk. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is an expression that I became familiar with from seeing our our kids. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, when they've when they've had a good feed of milk, they just become milk drunk. They just want to go to sleep. They just become yeah. so relaxed yeah. and yeah. comfortable. And I think that this is, you know, comfort can can be a real curse to our Christian experience yeah. if we place it ahead 
of actually growing in our walk with the Lord. And I think this means, Marty, actually grappling with the tough things of Scripture. Absolutely. You know, it's so easy to say, for by grace you say, through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And I, I agree, you know, when Paul is talking about that, when he presents that in Ephesians, we are saved by grace. Uh, it's received through faith. That's foundational to our faith. But, you know, to me, there are other things within the Word of God that are also spoken. Uh, there are increasingly I'm getting uh, people suggesting to me some uh, some, some text you know um, that that in their that need to be put into their uh, into their context you know I mean a favorite one that I've had numerous times you know uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself now that means that you know by definition I have to accept whatever my neighbor is doing well no it doesn't actually say that um, and uh, uh, the word of God actually says other things as well you see one of the things that uh, we find that is in um, uh, in the Gospels, we find Christ going into the desert and the uh, uh, devil, the evil one, comes to tempt him. Now, how does he go about tempting him? He goes about mm. tempting him mm. by quoting scripture. You know, it's very easy to actually take one particular passage out of context and make it say something that actually the scriptures themselves within context wow. are not saying. Yeah. And this is one of the real challenges that we've actually got today. You know, yes, you shall love your neighbour as yourself, but what else does Scripture actually say on that particular yeah, subject? What does it actually mean? And and uh, and so we're, I'm looking forward to jumping into this subject more uh, deeper as we dive into this subject of what is what are some of these more challenging verses around the the topic of hellfire and how do we correctly understand them? We're going to come to some music now. I hope you uh, enjoy listening to uh, Guy Penrod singing "Rock of Ages" and I stand amazed. Cleft for me Let me hide Myself in thee Let the water And the blood From thy wounded side Which flowed Be of sin
singing with all of his heart isn't he uh, rock of ages and and um hope you uh really enjoyed that song it's um this is pastor marty we're back with uh, faith fm drive time and i'm here with pastor gary where we're about to open up the bible and talk about the subject of hellfire and look at some of the challenging subjects on this uh, challenging verses on this particular topic but um friends we do have a giveaway today and that giveaway is called Judgment and Hell. It's a little book, Judgment and Hell, God May Be Kinder Than You Think. And I'll read you a little description of the book. With down-to-earth language woven into a skillful yet pragmatic Bible study, Jim Eyre shines the light of Bible truth to reveal a God who always acts with justice, mercy, and most importantly, absolute love and fairness. It's a, it's a great book that will knock down walls of unbelief, stumbling blocks and falsehoods and open to our view the true biblical picture of this issue of hellfire. It's a great book for sharing to this one. If you, if you have a friend or someone who you're talking to who has questions about this subject, this is, this is the book to get. If you yourself have questions about hellfire and you want to understand it in, uh, in a much deeper way than probably what we can cover just in the brief time that we've got here, then uh, you can write in to get this book. Now, if you'd like to get a free copy of this book, you can text our studio number. And that number is 04 I'll give you that number one more time. It's 04 And if you want to get a free copy of that book, um, Judgment in Hell, God May Be Kinder Than You Think, then send us the code SA120. SA120. One two zero. Send that code to us. Our studio number again: oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven, and uh, that will actually go to our Faith FM 
bot who will come back to you with some questions so that we can get you this book as soon as possible. Great to see those texts coming in. Please send us a text. It's our absolute pleasure to get you this book. We just, uh, that's our passion, isn't it, Gary? Our passion in, in this whole, this whole, this whole program is really about wanting to share the truth of God's word with as many people as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think without a doubt, if we don't uh, encourage people to come into the word of God, because uh, look, you know, I mean, hey, um, we're we're able to, to to give some teaching, but you know, to me, it's when you get into the word of God, and these these books are certainly books that uh, we're recommending because they do actually take people into the word of God, and that's what we're wanting to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, send us a text. And uh, yeah, and we're going to dive into that topic right now, Pastor Gary. We're talking about is talking about hell. Is it relevant? Um, is this some sort of antiquated topic that we're actually just bringing up? And um, and then that obvious question: Does hell burn forever? I suppose these are the no pun intended, but these are the burning questions in people's minds. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, without a doubt, uh, uh, Marty. Look, I really appreciate that uh, that question that you did ask, and that is, you know, okay, why do we bother talking about this uh, this subject of uh, uh, of hell? Uh, do you know, Marty? I, I'm suppose I've got the very real privilege of being able to do the programming for our uh, for our uh, program for our questions each uh, each week. Now, why come to this issue of hell? Look, you know, a little while ago, I actually came across an Australian study. In fact, it's available on the internet if people want to pick it up. It's actually done by McCrindle Research and it's actually entitled Faith and Belief in Australia. You can get it on the internet and it is a really, I found it an excellent uh, study. McCrindle Research, Faith and Belief in Australia. And uh, there was a number of different features about this study that I felt were particularly unusual. It was designed to build on information that was obtained in the Australian Centre but they asked some questions that went beyond the Australian uh, census. The questions like, why did those people uh, who said they were of no religion, why did they select that category? And, uh, um, you know, I mean... Are these people, uh, how warm are they towards Christianity? In other words, uh, yes, they've said that they are of, uh, of no particular religion, but how open are they? How warm are they to the a Christian uh, belief? You know, um, you know, I mean, is it, would they consider transferring, um, to being uh, classified as, uh, as Christians? Now, um, you know, to me, when uh, that question was asked, I thought, hey, that's a relevant question. You know, I mean, how dedicated, if you like, are the people of no religion uh, who have selected that category in the Australian census? I found that absolutely intriguing. Well, um, those that classified themselves as non-religion, non-religious, 77% uh, in the McCrindle research said they were happy as they were and 23% said that they were open to be convinced 
Now, this is really significant because these are people who have said, hey, I'm not a Christian at all. I'm, uh, I, I don't go to church and I'm really not that interested. But 23% of them said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm open to, I'm, I'm a little bit warm. I actually like That's some of the things. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. These are people that aren't attending church. And to me, you know, when I read that number, I thought, wow, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Now, then they've asked a follow-up question, and it's this follow-up question that knocked me around the head uh, in no small, <laughs> no small way. Um, the, the question was then asked, what are the issues that are most likely to prevent this group who might otherwise consider Christianity from adopting Christianity? And what they discovered was that there were seven major issues that were functioning as blockers to this group of people becoming Christians. Now, let me take you from a seven and we'll go up from seven, six, five and we'll go up the list. Um, uh, can you, can you give me one? One of them, Marty. Just, I haven't shown you this list. Um, yeah, the uh, the biblical account of creation would be the, a challenge for some, for a lot of people. The biblical account. Well, actually, you've hit on number seven. That is actually listed as number seven. Yeah, um, okay. Okay. Uh, number six was the subject of the Bible. Is the Bible really trustworthy? Mm, mm. Then you've got. What coming, about why is there so much suffering? Ah, uh, why that that was part of the list. Uh, that's actually number three. Okay, that's up there. That's up there. That's up there. So you've got science and evolution. You've got this is going um, from number seven to number one. Uh, science and evolution. You've got the Bible at number six. You've got the role of women at number five. Okay. Uh, you've got uh, supernatural elements at number four. Uh, you've got suffering. And why does a good God allow suffering? Sitting yeah. at number yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then at number two, you've got what? You've got hellfire. hell hellfire. and condemnation. Yeah. The number yeah. two reason why people who might otherwise be warm towards Christianity are not prepared to consider Christianity is because of hell and condemnation. Yeah. This was a powerful study. You know, number one uh, was actually the issue of homosexuality. Oh, really? Homosexuality and, yeah. and gay marriage. Uh, you know, to me, when I read that list, I mean, does this mean that the, you know, maybe the church, you know, some would conclude, okay, maybe the church should go soft on these issues. Myself, I don't actually believe that's the answer. I believe yeah. that the church has yeah. actually been very poor at explaining uh, what these uh, beliefs are actually all about. I yeah. will remember on one yeah. occasion preaching to, uh, sharing with a group of uh, young people on the whole issue of the uh, uh, the church and the subject of morality. And I actually had a couple of young people, and it's when young people come up to me that it really counts. They said to me, they said, Gary, thank you for that, because that's the first time that uh, the church's view on morality made sense. Yeah. And to me, that was incredibly affirming. Yeah. So much of uh, Christian biblical understanding has not been explained uh, to the uh, to the general audience out there. This is actually called apologetics. This is defense of the Christian faith. Why do we believe? I mean, for example, I mean, I science and evolution, I love that you guys have actually got the uh, creation ministries people at Sterling Church coming up in just a very near future because 
because they give excellent reasons why we can trust the biblical account of creation. To me, you know, one of the reasons I'm a Christian, Gary, is because of the evidence. That's right. The solid evidence. And, and I think that that's a, you're right. We need to be presenting the solid biblical evidence and showing that Christianity is a, is an intelligent faith. It doesn't require you to, uh, you know, commit intellectual suicide. It, it actually calls you to deeper and more robust thinking. Correct, correct. And, and you know, when people say to me, oh, faith is blind, I say to them, no, it's not. You haven't done your homework. That's the only conclusion I can come to yeah. because to me, yeah. once you actually go and do your homework, you find that, ho- that, that, that faith is not blind. Absolutely. A faith, if you do not have an intelligent faith, you don't have a reliable faith. Yeah, that's right. Now, I'm that's getting right. Truth mode. can always bear the test of scrutiny. Correct, correct. And it, that's... And shine out even brighter it must it must and and look um those that list really said a great deal to me because increasingly i'm finding that you know i need to be talking about these subjects absolutely not not because i want to water them down but simply because i need to explain to particularly my young people to my university students i need to explain why it is that the the scriptural position is so sound yeah. And to me, that's yeah. the thing that I, I think mm. is so, so important. You know, it's interesting in that particular study that of um, Crindle Research that uh, I was quoting, there's also uh, behaviour blockers. Now, I, we could talk about those as well there, uh, but I don't want to move into that today. But they are also very significant. There are certain behaviours that if you find them in your church, they're actually going to block people from coming in as well. Mm. Uh, mm. So you've got belief blockers and behaviour blockers. But I want to go on. Okay, let's come to this subject because that the reason this is so significant is because what it's actually doing is I suggest it's blocking a significant number of people who would otherwise perhaps consider Christianity from coming to Christianity because they say, hey, I don't want to serve a God like that. Mm, you know? Mm, and to mm. me, so therefore to deal with this question, that's the reason that I, you know, I need to get into this subject. Okay. Uh, let's uh, keep, keep going because I'm conscious of my, my time and, uh, I just, uh, I like to dig in, Marty, to a couple of different views that seem to come through in the Word of God about the fate of the wicked. Yeah. Now, this is key. What's the fate of the wicked? And that's the question I'd like us to, to just look at just very quickly. Now, Malachi chapter 4 and verse uh, uh, 1 to uh, uh, one to 3 says, uh, says this, and it, it's talking about the fate of the wicked. For behold, the day is coming... Burning like an oven. Here it is, burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day, uh, the day which is coming will burn them up. Now I find that significant. Will burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. You shall go out to grow fat like stall-fed calves. You will trample the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. 
Now, to me, this is really significant, Marty, because what we've actually got here is a passage of Scripture that talks about the fate of the wicked. And in talking about the fate of the wicked, it's, uh, well, these people are going to be, the wicked are going to simply be burnt up. Yeah. Uh, that's it's very clear. It's very clear. The language indicates not... Um, it, it, it indicates destruction. It indicates that uh, elsewhere in the scripture it talks about the fire will come down from God out of heaven and devour them. That's exactly... And, and so there's this sense that they're gone. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. And, and Marty, look, repetitiously within the Word of God, this is, you'd get this picture being painted. Now, uh, at Psalm, you know, this is King David, uh, Psalm 92, and I, excuse me for just going really quickly on this. And, uh, this is, um, uh, this is what they, uh, what King David says. Uh, oh Lord, how great. This is Psalm 92, verse uh, 5 to 7. Oh Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, neither does a fool understand this when the wicked spring up like grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish it is that he will ultimately be destroyed forever you know here it is again you know king david you know he's presenting uh, what's going to happen uh, to those who uh, to, to those who have rejected the offer of mm-hmm. salvation mm-hmm. The, the the punishment is ultimately they will be destroyed mm-hmm. uh, you know to Okay. All right. Let's just come to, um, um, uh, let's come to an interesting one because, you know, Isaiah 34, uh, is, uh, is another, is another passage. And, uh, uh and I'm going to come to the, to the New Testament in just, uh, uh, in just a moment. But, uh, Isaiah, uh, 34 and it's verse, uh, um, uh, nine, uh, down to, uh, uh, what, where, where are we here? Uh, nine, uh, to about, uh, oh, 10, ten. Nine, 10, somewhere in there. Uh, well, let me go from, uh, verse, uh, verse eight. Uh, this is what it says. And this is a really interesting passage. Uh, for it is the day of the Lord's vengeance. This is talking about the, the nation of Edom. Uh, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. Its stream shall be turned into pitch. Its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. Uh, it shall uh, not be quenched night or day. Now, here it is. The fire that's going to destroy Edom will not be quenched by night or day. Its smoke shall ascend forever from generation to generation. And then it says this. It shall lie waste. Now, hang on a moment. What are we actually talking about here? On one hand, it's saying, it shall not be quenched day or night, its smoke shall ascend forever, but then, from generation to generation, it shall lie waste. Now, Marty, let's uh, let's look at the English language here. I mean, surely, you know, smoke is going to ascend forever and ever, and yet from generation to generation it's going to lie waste. Did, did you sort of sense a little bit of a, a challenge here? I mean, a one line. Now, Marty, one of the things yeah. that I think that, um, I think that we need to understand is that there is a thing in, uh, uh, in Jewish literature called parallelism. What's occurring in parallelism yeah. is you actually get uh, one line will say, uh, will make a statement. The second line will then restate what is being said but in different words. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this is a principle from the Hebrew Scriptures. But, of course, in English, 
it doesn't translate the way it is in the uh, in the Hebrew. Now, um, let me just, uh, I'm just conscious of my my time here, uh, Marty. We might have time for just uh, one more, uh, uh, for, for, for one more uh, passage. Well, I think the, yeah, the, yeah. the good point on that there as well, Pastor Gary, is the fact that Edom is certainly not burning today. Yes, yes. Yes. You know, this was an ancient city. This was, uh, I guess this was the end of, um, the descendants of, uh, of Esau. This was the end of the descendants of Esau. And Edom was destroyed. Yes. Edom yes. wasn't, it's not still burning today. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's another good example in the book of Jude. Mm. And it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah being examples of those suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And the question is today, and, uh, you know, I've been down to the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. I've been down there to the Middle East where, uh, where the cities of the plain once were. And there's, there's no burning going on there. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and this is, yeah, like you're saying, the English language doesn't always capture the the meaning there. However, even in the English language, we still do use words like, hey, I haven't seen you in ages, or it's been forever. And we use those words idiomatically. And we're going to come to this. This is really important, what you're actually saying here. because Not we, meant to be taken literally. Let, and let's pick up on that, because yeah. that's something that I think we need to actually dig more into. Yeah. You see, if I can just pick up, and let's, we'll go to our break probably. Marty, after this uh, verse from Jude, yeah. but, you know, uh, Jude is actually a very powerful uh, passage, and uh, it's, it's Jude. It's actually I only got one chapter, so it's chapter one, verse seven. Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around about them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance. Of eternal fire. Uh, do you know, to me, this is, this is so important what you've just said there, because Sodom and Gomorrah are an example of eternal fire. You see, what's occurring in the scripture is that you know, we don't see Sodom and Gomorrah, as you've correctly pointed out, burning today, and yet it's suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. What does Jude actually mean when that occurs? Well, what he's talking about here is the results yeah. Are going to be eternal. In other yeah. words, fire came down. Fire destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it burnt so long as there was something left to burn. But once there was nothing there left to burn, it simply went out. But the results were yeah. eternal. The results were eternal. eternal. And no one could put out that fire. And nobody could put out that fire. It was unquenchable. It would, like you're saying, Pastor Gary, it would, it would do its work, but then it would be, it would be finished. No exactly. one could put it out. Exactly. I, I love that, uh, that this is, it fits also with the character of God. That's right. This That's is right. so important. God, God doesn't want to torment, but God is a God of justice who won't allow evil to go on forever. And I think yeah. if we're honest with ourselves, we want to, the scriptures clearly state this about God and it's actually good news. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, yeah, let's come to some music. Um, this is a beautiful song. Lady Love Smith, I will give you rest. Hope you enjoy.
That was Lady Love Smith with I Will Give You Rest at the invitation, of course, of Jesus to come to him as we are, take our burdens to him, and 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 he promises that he will indeed give us rest, rest for our souls. Uh, friends, uh, welcome back. This is Faith FM Drive Time. This is Pastor Marty here hosting today, and I've got uh, Pastor Gary uh, here in the studio as well. We're looking at the subject of uh, the biblical subject of hellfire, and we've um, we've actually got a free offer today, and uh, I've noticed a couple of thank you for those who have sent in for this, and just want to remind you that the code for this particular uh, giveaway, the giveaway is called Judgment in Hell. God may be kinder than you think. It's a Bible study on this subject of the biblical subject of hellfire. And if you'd like to get a free copy of this, the code is actually SA120. No gaps in between. SA120. And if you send that code, SA120, to our studio number, 04888-80811. One more time, that number is 04888 80811. That'll go through to our Faith FM bot who will ask you a couple of questions so that we can get you this free book as soon as possible. This is a great sharing resource as well. If you know someone who might have questions about this faith, uh, this topic and you'd like to share this particular book with them, uh, feel free to send us that code SA120 to uh, 04888808. Eleven. Well, Pastor Gary, we've uh, we've got about ten minutes left, and uh, we want to try and dig in further to this topic. I know there's so much to cover, but uh, let's let's yeah, let's yeah. cover I, what we can. I, I've got to admit, I don't think I've ever tried to to do it in such a short amount of time. But you know, Marty, if I can just sort of bring it together, if that's possible, uh, you know, one of the passages that I love most of all on this particular subject is actually found in Revelation chapter twenty, and uh, in uh, in this particular passage. Uh, we get, uh, it's actually verse 9, Revelation 20, and uh, you, you get the the um, uh, those who have rejected uh, Christ, you know, this is uh, just before the world is going to be recreated, uh, and you get this uh, picture drawn, and they went up, uh, this is those who are opposing uh, the, the armies of heaven, they went up on the breadth of the earth, and they surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now here it is, you know you've got fire, is there a fiery place? Yes there is. Uh, the fire however falls down and devours them. The devil and who's the them? The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. He's not in charge of, uh, Absolutely. Uh, of hell. Absolutely. Um, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they and here comes this phrase they will be tormented uh, with fire and brimstone forever and ever now hang on a moment it's going to devour them and yet in the very next verse it says the verse that the fire that is going to uh, devour them is going to torment them day and night forever and ever. If you go later into chapter 21 of Revelation, um, uh, uh, chapter 21, Revelation, and it's, uh, it's verse, uh, verse six. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts to overcome, he who 
overcome shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone. And this time it's called, Which is the Second Death? You see, within Scripture, the first death is simply described as a sleep. It's something that, uh, you know, uh, you, a person can be rescued from at the time of the resurrection. But here, uh, the, what do you get? The devil, the false prophet, uh, and you get those who have not, who have rejected the offer of salvation are thrown into this thing called the lake of fire, and scripture calls it the second death. Why is it the second death? Because it, it, because it, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's the finish of it. Once, once the second death happens, it's literally, it's as if it's like non-existent anymore. And you know, what's interesting about this particular passage, Pastor Gary, is even death itself is thrown into the lake of fire. Exactly. That's what it says in Revelation 20 verse 14. Then death and Hades, or the grave, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And so... When I read this particular passage, I'm thinking, what is this passage trying to say to us? Yeah. It's trying to say to us that all those things are gone forever. Exactly. Exactly. It's not trying to communicate to us that it's going to still exist and there's going to be... Can you imagine being in heaven, sitting in heaven, and maybe uh, seeing uh, somebody that maybe attended the same church as you? Um, you know, uh, he's, Family uh, members, uh, etc. I mean, is this going to yeah. satisfy me oh. as a believer? I mean, goodness me, a place of love where I can smell smells. and you know, To me, this is not yeah. going to be a... Uh, this is going to be a place of torture. But no, that's what the scripture does is it turns around and says, no, eternal destruction is the punishment for those who uh, refuse the offer of salvation. I, I like what um, one of our college lecturers used to say, Pastor Gary, he said, God doesn't quarantine sin. He destroys it. He destroys it. And that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way. You know, Marty, uh, if I can just sort of bring it all together, how do I deal with this, you know, phrase that is in there in Scripture, forever and ever. You know that the fire is going to burn forever and ever. Look, can I suggest to you, Marty, a word that you used before I think is just so important. Uh, you know, every language has these things called idioms. You know, uh, idioms are, you know, uh, what's an idiom? Well, uh, actually, it's something that is uh, different to the literal meaning. You know, in English, a lot of people don't realize there's actually about 25,000 idioms in English. <laughs> and it's a t- it's no a wonder it's a hard language, language to learn. <laughs> it's a horribly hard. Look, if I was to Order say, master at least, yeah. <laughs> If I was to say to you something, something like this, um, uh, Marty, it's, uh, it's raining cats and dogs. What do I mean by that? You mean it's bucketing. It's, it's bucketing. Uh, hang Sorry, on, you, that's another you, idiom. You, that's another <laughs> idiom. You've responded with an idiom. In other words, it's very heavy rain yeah, outside. That's right. That's and yet, right. you know, somebody from another country who doesn't know English, uh, yeah. use, I, I say to them, um, you know, my friend, it's raining cats and dogs outside. They think I'm nutty. Yeah, because yeah. And they go outside with their umbrella because they're expecting to get pelted with uh, four-footed animals, you know, because they're taking literally uh, something that is, in my language, yeah, is an idiom, yeah. which I fully understand. You know, I mean, take another one, for example. You know, I love this one. Uh, the cat's got your tongue. 
What do I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you, you're lost for words. You're lost for words. Come on, you're talking to your children, you know. Uh, they've done something wrong and, uh, you but, know. But to be honest, Pastor Gary, that's, maybe that's a bit of an older one because I haven't heard that one too much. You haven't heard that one? Oh, no. well, that must, mustn't be an older one. It's a, <laughs> I've got some great cartoons on this, but yes. the cat's got your tongue. You know, yes, older yes. members will actually, or, or, or listeners will actually... It's an idiom. Do we actually mean, if we say that, that, uh, you know, a cat has somehow, you know, run away with yeah, a person? Yeah, of course yeah. not. Of course yeah, not. that's right. You know, every language. In fact, every language. When I was actually, um, you know, when I was presenting on this, I actually uh, found a real beauty. And, uh, you know, this goes for, you know, our Polish friends, you know. I mean, and I wish I could say it in Polish, but let me give you the English translation. Uh, the, uh, uh, the particular phrase is... Not my circus, not my monkeys. And uh, when I when I read that, I sort of thought, wow. I mean, that's actually a that's washing uh, your hands of something by the sounds of it. It's, you know, I look at that and I say, hey, that's a, I'm going to use that sometime in English because that's a pretty good. It's an idiom. It's an idiom. Uh, you know, that's right, Pastor Gary. I was just going to jump in here quickly. We've yeah. got a couple of minutes left, but there are literally there are so many times in the Bible where the word forever is used as something that would have a natural end. Yeah. For example, Hannah brings her son Samuel to the temple and says he's going to be a priest to the Lord forever. Indeed. And what does what does that exactly mean? And then it later on down the passage says as long as he shall live. So it would, it would be a natural end. Slaves were to be slaves to their masters forever. Jonah was meant to be in the belly of the whale forever. You know, yeah. so many times the word forever is used referring to things that would have a natural end. So how do you know whether it's referring to literally forever or, or more it's an idiom? You've got to look at the context and you've got to look at other passages that to, to fill out that description. And like you're saying before, you look at Revelation chapter 20, it's very clear. It's trying to communicate to us that this is the end of sin. It's this gone. Is, this is where it's so important that we look at the other passages of Scripture. It's not sufficient to base my belief on any one passage of Scripture. I can be informed by anyone, but if there is a conflict, if there is something that doesn't seem to make sense, then I need to look at the other passages absolutely, of Scripture. Absolutely. Pastor Gary, why don't we just pray for, pray for some folk right now. Yeah. Father in heaven, we just want to come before you right now. Lord, we know this is a big subject, and this is something that many people are probably listening to, and and they have questions in their mind. And Father in heaven, it's our prayer. We claim that promise that that Jesus, you said, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Father, it's our prayer that uh, the listeners today, who are who are tuning in, Lord, that they would seek you and and search earnestly, Lord, for you have not uh, made these things difficult to understand, but sometimes they are buried under layers of 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 different beliefs and traditions. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, give insight to to those who are studying this subject, um, make it clear to them, may they see the beauty of your character and of your great love. And Lord, may your love cast out fear from our hearts. Is our prayer today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Gary, it, it does look like our time is up for today. And I want to thank, thank you for joining us, uh, Pastor Gary and myself here on Drive Time, big Q&A. I want to invite you to join us again tomorrow where uh, Pastors Fabiano and Hugh will be discussing, is Satan in charge of hell?
I'd like to leave you with these words from God who says to each of us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. May God, may you know and walk in the wonderful plan that God has for your life. God bless. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 